podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic Down Under. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me, we've got John and we've got Sean. How are you going, boys? Good. <laughs> Finally made it to Brisbane after all that. Ah, so you're up north there. Yep. Um, don't know if everyone knows, but Sydney's going through another outbreak um, and it seemed to be just got there in time to Brisbane. It seems to be the last flight or so. And so you're in Brisbane at the moment, I'm in Melbourne, and then we've got Sean over in Perth. How are you going? Yeah, we just closed the borders to New South Wales, so uh, stay out, stay out, guys. We don't want your dirty COVID. <laughs> we've gone almost nine months now without any local transmission, so we are quite happy. And it's happy just a posh lot, though, Northern Beaches, that's all. It's not a regular <laughs> Sydney siders. Yeah, but anyway... Uh, I feel bad for doing this on, like, the Scottish podcast and you guys are going into like everything shut, can't even visit your guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. Waiting about not being able to fly interstate. Yeah, yeah. relative, isn't it? Uh, there you go, different sides of the world. So, yeah, just want to quickly say thanks to Paul and the team at Celtic State of Mind for having us involved in this brilliant uh, charity weekend that's, that he's putting on. Really appreciate the opportunity, guys, to dial in all the way from over here in Australia and do our part to help raise funds for Rock Talk, Food Food Bank, uh, Children First, and for help help for the homeless. Yeah, it's um, a bit different, us voices and having a camera going. So uh, normally it's just recording sure everything. So it's a bit of a different vibe for us guys at the moment. So hope we don't ram- tidy, your, tidy your room, make sure it's all good. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go hide that stuff in the background. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. there's nothing sus back there. But yeah, we're um, looking forward to this. Looking forward to the game later on. Uh, it's stupid o'clock our time. Uh, what time's the game for you, Sean, over in Perth? Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, quarter past ten. So I'll get, if it doesn't go to penalties, I should get to bed about half twelve after a little celebration. But I'm in school holidays, so. It doesn't oh, really matter. Yeah. Nah, there you go. So, yeah, over here on the East Coast where I am, it's like, what's that mean? Quarter past one or something in the morning. So, good fun. Looking forward to it. Hope the quadruple treble happens. And my opinion, we'll discuss a bit later, but I'm kind of looking forward to getting the game done and then we moving into focusing just purely on this season now and nothing carrying over from last season. Don't yep. know how you feel about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, to be totally honest, definitely. Yeah, should be good uh, games. Trivia that I've teed up for you guys as well. That uh, I don't know if uh, Paul John tracks in the YouTube comments if people want to join in or not, but a couple of questions. Do you want me to kick you off? Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, so this is just a quick one. How many times does Celtic's name appear on the Scottish Cup? Oh, 
Um, I'm going to say 45. Um, yeah, I'd say about 30-something. I haven't looked at it, so I know I'm miles off. Once. Once. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. And it's just the dates after. Yeah, got ya. It's only like the first 19 winners are on the cup, then the rest are on the multiple bases that they stack up on. And it's an honour that will not be shared by uh, any team called Rangers who do not feature (laughs) on the cup. Tribute act. Never will feature on the cup. Yeah. That's a good one. There you go. It's a good one to start off with. I'm sure we'll do some more of that later on. So if anyone with um, when Sean gives us some trivia or whatever during it, get your answers in the uh, comments. And yeah, if anyone gets it right, we'll uh, figure it all out. But no, there's yeah. no Craig, there's no Craig Moore in this Monty in the comments. Like <laughs> definitely not. He's from his filth. So we'll rule that one out. But yeah, um. You're getting some nice comments there, John, with the uh, bumblebee top. So just noticed oh, all of that. So good. it's always a good start. What we'll do is we'll just jump into our general overview of the Scottish Cup final. I'm sure a lot of people would be hearing, um, you know, the 12, the 12 hours yesterday and then today everyone's going to be saying the same sort of thing here and there. So, yeah, it's going to be probably more of the same, but we'll say our part anyway. So what I want to know from you boys John, what do you think the starting lineup will be for the game? Well, I think um, I think what's very likely is I is going to be at right back. I think that's probably I think, it, and it's, it's I don't think it's a bad thing. I think maybe when it's happened before, we've all panicked a little bit there, but you know, from recent times, he seems to do a good job there. So I think I is going to be at right back. I think um, probably Julian and Duffy. To be fair. Uh, lacks out for sure because the guy's on fire. I wouldn't be, um, I would not be upset if Taylor played there either. I think he's um, been doing great for us as well. So that'd be my back line. Um, I think, um, I think Barkas is in goal. I think that's probably just a given. Um, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward from there. I think you're going to have McGregor, Brown. I think you're going to have Christie, El Yunusi, probably Rogic, maybe Turnbull, and Edward. I think it's, I think, I think we're going to revert back to the, you know, Trusted London sort of stuff. And what do you reckon, Sean? Yeah, I agree with most of what you're saying there, but I've got a feeling Lennon's going to do his thing where he tries to fit people into the team. Frimpong is a winner, a winger or something, you know what I mean? I've, well, I've, I think I or Duffy and Julian are stick on. I think you're probably right about Barkas, although I would personally rather have Hazard. And, yeah, me too. Uh, the only one that I'm not sure about is Taylor or Laxalt. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, Taylor was pretty poor against Kilmarnock, but he was good against Leo. So uh, midfield, this is what I'm thinking. Sorrow has to start. But I hope he'll so. Probably he'll probably start Brown as well. So he'll probably start Sorrow and Brown. And I've got a horrible feeling he's going to stick McGregor in the number 10 and then stick Turnbull out on the left wing and Christy oh. on, on the right wing. Yeah, God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that that did not bring me joy. That's <laughs> that did not sound good. Yeah, well, for me, I'm thinking with who you got up front, Edward. He said Edward. That. Yeah, yeah, and for me, I'm thinking we'll have. Yeah, I hope we have Hazard in goal, but he'll probably go back to Barkas. Um, what I'm thinking is then we'll have like what you said, John. We'll have Ira right back. Then we'll have Duffy and um, and Julian in the middle. At left, I wouldn't. I'm the same. If we went with Laxalt, happy days. If he goes with Taylor, no big deal. Not at all up worried or anything about that. So um, yeah, that'll be okay. Macaroon, it, what time is it, it down, the lads? So it's not. It's quarter past. It's coming up on quarter past nine p.m. at night. So um, there's your answer in the. In the midfield, we're going to have – I'm hoping we go Sorrow, McGregor, and Turnbull. I have this feeling Lenny will revert to type, do his usual thing, and uh, he'll have – yeah, he'll have Bruni in the middle. Um, I wouldn't complain. He's one of my all-time favourites behind Paul McStay. So, yeah, would not complain at all if Bruni was out there. But, yeah, I'd rather him come on for the last 20 minutes – if he wants to do that sort of thing. So, 
yeah, we've got that in the midfield out out wide. If you went Taylor at at left back, I actually wouldn't mind Laxalt playing on left wing instead of Moy because I think Moy's been pretty average lately. Now that I've said that, uh, he'll probably go out and score a hat trick today. And if he does, I'll happily have that egg smashed all over my face, boys and girls. <laughs> Don't get me started now, you know, I was, uh, you know, <laughs> that's what I was fishing, Sean. Uh, <laughs> every uh, time. Like, two minutes in, I was like, does he just give the ball away every time he touches it? And I started counting. Yeah. And when I got to double figures for lost possessions in the first half, I was like, oh, group And then what happened? When the game's on, we, we've got our That's group good. chats, everyone. And all of a sudden, I'm like, the countdown to Sean's first Alanusi comment. <laughs> and, yeah, you really get to about 10, 11 minutes into the game, and there it is. How he's worth eight figures is beyond me. Imagine mm. if he was like a youth player or a Scottish player or something in our team right now, how much would we get for him? What? Two, three million, if you're lucky. Do you want to know something? something? I was watching last night a replay of a game that was on during the week. It was Preston North End versus someone because with talk of like Alex Neal being linked with a job and that sort of stuff, and then there's that centre back down there that they've got that we're being linked with a pre-contract as well. I thought, I'm going to check these guys out. I forgot Scott Sinclair was there. Yeah. And I love Sinclair at the club. I thought it was sad that he left. And for me, I'm thinking I would rather have Sinclair than Alanusi. Yeah, sure. Nine times out of a hundred. This was you, similar wages. But I mean, Sinclair was dropping in form, you know, when when he left. Like he's he, he never really lived up to that first season hype. But I mean, we're all forgetting we've also got um, Johnson just coming back. Could he start? Yeah. He could do. Wouldn't surprise me. I'll just quick. We'll finish off my starting lineups outright. We'll probably have Christie, or but I'd, I'd rather Frimpong, and if, if he's fit, that is, and then yeah, Edward up front as well. But you were saying about what were you saying, John? Just then? Oh, I was just saying like um, the, the, yeah, look the the um, the spanner in the works. The thought that you know that um, quintessential Lennon thing that he likes to do for cup games. He might stick Johnson on because he's only just come back, right? What did he play for? Like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, something. So yeah. Yeah, and 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 I've been looking forward to it. I think Johnson's a great player, so he could he could come in and score a goal or two. Um, I mean, you know, even that game you were complaining about, Sean with El Yunusi, he still scored in the game. Do you know what I mean? He broke the. Come on, you giving him. <laughs> look, I mean, and if anything, it could have been Duffy. Who knows? It was a bit of a fluke, yeah. but take it. You take it. What Moy's goal? I go back a week as well, where he flicks a ball onto the back post and it goes in. Like, yeah, yeah. anyone could have done that. So, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. A, I'm not 100 percent behind him. I'm kind of more in the Sean camp than your camp, there, John. <laughs> I like him. I think he's got talent, but yeah. The thing that bo- bothers me is when he's playing and Rogic is playing, you struggle to tell who's who. And as an Australian, I find that I find that annoying. Yeah, yeah. Do you mean like just like similar position, similar, similar build, similar yeah. way they run? Yeah, um, yeah right. also got a similar haircut, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, w- one thing that Johnson does that's great is he um he always has a pop. In fact, the Moy goal um recently that's kind of like the stuff that Johnson's really good at. So I do hope you know either I mean, Nusi starts taking that lead or Johnson starts playing. Who knows? Yeah. So then the next question, boys, is um, we've had a few comments on it already. You've met, one of you have mentioned it. Sorrow or Bruni? Like, oh. I know we mentioned it when we all went through our our lineups. We've seen quite a few comments coming through as well where everyone's saying, I'd go. The DJ of choice has said, I'd go Sorrow at the start, Bruni in the second half. I agree with you 100%. That's what I would do if I was in the chair. But I'm just the armchair expert all the way over here in Australia. I'm not, um, you know, I just play FIFA, football manager, talk <laughs> absolute bollocks on a podcast about Celtics. So, yeah. you know, got nothing on but what do you reckon, John? Um, well, I mean, this is like the difference between what you want and what I think is going to happen. I want, I, I want sorry to start, and that hurts, obviously, because Brown's an absolute legend. Um, but Brown's going to start. It's not even a debate. He, he will start. Whether he should, um, you know, come off and maybe give Sorrow 60 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever it is, um, Lennon will start Brown for sure. That will happen. 
The only yeah. reason that would be so he can get out there and just smash around with Nate Smith a bit, but soften him up a bit. But go and on, leadership, just pure. Even if even if all he does is a few tackles, he'll he'll be so unbelievably up for it. He'll be screaming his head off if we aren't playing well, and that's what we need in this game. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife amazing scenery and endless outdoor adventure make your visit unforgettable plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com because i'd rather bring brown off the bench because i've had massive worries about him this season and they, they go back to, I don't know if you remember the Livingston game where we won 3-2 at home. Mm-hmm. And they missed a sitter in the last minute. And it was Brown and McGregor just watching each other, letting the midfielder run off. And that was, yeah. for me, the first really alarm bells ringing. And then everyone's like, get him out of the team, get him out of the team. And he dropped for, oh, was it St. Johnson? Came off the bench last 20 minutes and turned the game. So we have evidence that he doesn't have the legs for 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, that he's not going to be able to play every single game. And we also have evidence that he can be an impact sub. So to me, that should be his role today. And, you know, if he's coming on as a sub, fine, he can still lift the cup. And that's what he should be doing for me. Something you were just mentioning there, Sean, about him not having the legs for 90 minutes. It's, yeah, as you said, bring him on towards the end where he can shore things up and see the game out. But the other thing you got to look at is if Soros starts with all his energy and that that he plays with, and then you go and put uh, Kalmak next to him, that'll free Kalmak up. If you have Bruni and Kalmak, then you run the risk of Kalmak having to cover two positions, wearing himself out, and we're not getting it as much out of him going, the other, going forward as well as defensively. So personally, yeah, that's my my take on it as well. But, yeah. Like to, it's, a, it's like, it's, it, look, we all know what should happen. Do you know what I mean? We Soros should start and Brown should come off and come on in the end, um, but it won't. That's not going to happen. It's it, you know it's probably Brown's last ever season, um, and it's such a monumental uh, game tonight or um, this morning for us. So he'll play. He'll play Brown, and he'll probably play him for ninety minutes. Ugh. I think. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's hard to say, but it's probably going to mm. happen. And that's not a bad thing either. I do think. Um, I think he has his place in it. And if everyone else is up for it, you know. They kind of make up for Brown not getting around the pitch and stuff. But if we're not up for it and Brown can't, you know, um, keep us going and, and, and jeer us on and stuff, then, you know, we definitely could take him off and put Sorrow on, for sure. Almost straight away. I, yeah. I want to be clear, I love Scott Brown. And yeah. If he gets a trophy, uh, sorry, a statue outside Celtic Park doing the Bruni. <laughs> yeah. I also love winning trophies and I've uh, think we have a better chance if he's not starting. Just like you there, Sean, I'm the same. Love Bruni. Only player ever at any club at any level whose name and number I have on the back of any shirt that I've got. So, yeah. yeah. Bruni, to me, is a hero. I want the best for him, but I don't want him to, you know, be put on the pitch and made to look second rate. He's going to score a goal now, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to score a hat trick. Alan, you see a hat trick. Bruni will come on and score one or two. We'll, we'll end up, everything else goes on. Eddie, big game player, will end up winning like 14 nil. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No chance that score will happen, but if it does, bookies, book me up. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sports bet app in uh, Australia has got a glitch in it. So I managed to put on a double bet with Celtic to win 2 1 and also double up with Celtic to lift the trophy. lovely all right so next question for you is craig gordon playing for hearts do you think he'll be a deciding factor in the game one way or the other we'll go to you sean what's your take i very very probably uh not probably excuse me possibly uh if we get a penalty no you can't save penalties so even if it goes all the way to shit out um 
well, I don't know what we've got in goals, to be fair, so I can't really compare it. Uh, but he's not exactly renowned for saving penalties, so not worried in that regard, but he can pull off some ridiculous saves. Uh, so I feel like we're going to have to create double-figure clear chances to get a couple of goals. Hmm. What about you, John? Um, do I think he's going to be a deciding factor? Um, probably, um, yeah. I think I think he'll be. I think as far as he um, the factor of Gordon goes is we'll probably he, they won't hemorrhage as many goals as they probably could if he wasn't there. Um, but look, I don't think he's going to like change it. For, I don't think Hearts are going to win because of Gordon. I mean, there's a reason why we never gave him a, a contract extension. Do you know what I mean? He, he wasn't. He, he was great for us. He was fantastic. And and peak Gordon, I would take over any of the keepers that we have just now, a hundred percent. But there's a reason why he's not a Celtic anymore. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't just because um, Forster wasn't, you know, was probably going to come back. He wasn't playing well when we had them. That's why Bain was bored. That's why we, do you know what I mean? So like, you know, it, it, it might not be four, five nil, but it might be two nil. That's probably the deciding factor or the fact. I'm, I'm going to go for a little tangent here. You got Gordon in goals and then you have Christoph Berra and you have him in front. And then I don't know whether he's going to play in the midfield or whatever, but you got Andy Halliday as well in front of him. There's some turnstiles right there. So yeah. going through. So if you, you can pick them, their midfield and their centre back pairing apart based on those two weak links. So for me, I don't think he'll play such a great, such a great uh, contribution to the game. I think he may get his usual two or three saves that he shouldn't realistically get a hand to, but he always managed to do. But yeah, the only thing that I really remember and liked about Gordon was that celebration when Rogic had that goal, invincible treble. Yeah. That, that was great. That picture to me is immortalised, but yeah, I'm, it wouldn't have mattered who was in goal that season. So yeah, I'm not, not a massive, not a massive Craig Gordon fan either, but can't really compare him to what we've got in goals at the moment. Cause who knows? Yep. That's it. Would you take Gordon now? Yep. Over who? Over which option? All of them. Any of them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would, yeah. for sure. I wouldn't bane, 100%. It's not a long-term solution. I actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still think Barkas is a long-term thing for us. I still think there's a player there. Like, you wouldn't have scared him for two years for him to be absolute rubbish. And Connor has a, but Connor has the future, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. You can it's only like, get. You, it's, it's like his mini, you know. Yeah, Hazard's yeah. ha, 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 our future goalie for sure. You just can't. The problem I have with Barkas is, um, look, he might be great in a few years, but how, how long can you give some? How can you give? How long can you give a Celtic player a chance to come good? There's a very limited well, window. Took one Yama a year, took Van Dijk a year, took Edward a year and a half. It, it does. It's just worse when you're a goalkeeper. That's all. Because yeah. only one you can be on the pitch at a time, so it stands out more. So, especially when there's what no reserve games going on at the moment as well. So it's not like you can go there and play and get into a rhythm as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd still put Hazard in before Barkas, but yep. For today, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I said my score prediction fourteen nil before, but realistically, <laughs> I'd be happy if we were to win. You know, win at all, but yeah, I reckon I'll be probably three-one for us. Oh, all right, that's what I was that, going to say. Sorry, John, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. then? I think Edward. He's due a goal. He's definitely due a goal. Um, maybe Christie. I'd say as well. Probably also due a goal. Probably up for it as well. Cup game. He tends to be quite good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, and then I don't know if we're going to go for a third goal. I'll probably say um, uh, Aya or somebody like that. It'd be like a header or Duffy. There you go, uh, Duffy, Christie, and Edward. Maybe the three goals. Corner has to be. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah, it has to be or a Griff. But who knows? What about you, Sean? Yeah, my money's literally on two one, so I'm sticking with that. Uh, I think Edward will probably get them both. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, he's due. He's due. He's due. Just because of what I said earlier, Alanusi hat trick. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> See no, that one. But realistically, it'll be, yeah, Edward would score. Um, I reckon Turnbull will score. And, yeah, I was going to say Duffy or Julian off a corner. Mm. Yep. One of them will absolutely murder Halliday off a corner. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. Yep. All right. So we'll bounce around the room for the three of us and just discuss a previous Scottish Cup final that we've all watched that stands out to us and why. So I'll start off because I mentioned it earlier already. Invincible treble season. Tom Rogic with that score, scoring that goal in the rain against Aberdeen. Amazing. Being at the uh, Celtic Supporters Club here in Melbourne, Australia, with the boys down there at the Jockstein Supporters Club, it was what a night. There was like 200 of us in a room. Beer showers happened. There was a guy in front wearing a wearing a Rogic shirt. And, yeah, let's say he didn't have to – he walked out. I think he stumbled out of there because he didn't have to buy a drink the rest of the night. What a, what a moment, especially being being an Australian-born and bred guy, just have the Aussie guy score that goal. Unbelievable. Mm. Okay, to you, Sean, what's Scottish Cup final that stands out to you? Yeah, 19, 1995 for me. Uh, that was <clears throat> the first time I was old enough to, to watch Celtic win a trophy live. Uh, I still remember 1994 was the first cup final I watched when we lost to Wraith Rovers. Uh, excuse me, Wraith Rovers. Uh, that was the day where I ruined one of my white T-shirts and my green felt tip pen on the same day, uh, making myself a hoop jersey. And then the next year we got to the final and it was the first time we'd won a trophy in, uh, was it since 88, some, seven years, something like that. Van Hoydonk scored the winner after nine minutes. Uh, but it wasn't just the fact that we'd gone so long without a trophy. It was just the whole... Yeah, like back then there was a whole event, you know what I mean? Like you started watching the coverage at 9am and you sat there until 3pm kickoff and then enjoyed the game and they had all these features on like all these the players and everything, great day. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I actually made a scrapbook, everything. I was just, what age would I have been? Ooh, eight, nine, something like that, eight or nine. And uh, yeah, definitely the most memorable for me. And uh, Definitely not the best, but in terms of enjoying the football, but I think because it's my first, you know. And, yeah, I went to some of the games and the lead-up to it as well. So it was really good, really enjoyable, memorable day for me. And you, John? Um, I'd say probably the most memorable would have been also the 2-1 Invincible win. Um, it was one, one of the only cup finals or, or um, yeah, cup finals um, game I've ever been to live. My uncle got his um, tickets through his work. Um, yeah, I've still got the lanyard. Uh, it, absolutely phenomenal. I was bricking it because it was, you know, 1-1 for so long. And and then that last minute goal from Roger was incredible. But I, I also really remember, um, I think it was the season after, um, the Scottish Cup final with Motherwell. Again, it was. Do you know what? It was just me and my dad, and we were in Greece. And the bartender and the hotel owner just um, gave us the whole restaurant, the TV, and everything. Just said, "You guys watch the game. It's important to you." It was just me and my and my dad, and we just um, we watched the game. It was brilliant. And you know, I don't know if you remember that McGregor goal, and we're all cheering, and other people in the hotel was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And coming over, and you know, see, oh, it's Celtic. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So I, that was. I think that was just a really. Um, you know, good moment and a memorable moment. Just me and my old man, just yeah, watching Celtic stuff. Motherwell. <laughs> it's always good when you watch a game with your old dad. Yeah, <clears throat> I did the same with the double treble when we beat Motherwell. I just literally just landed from uh, Qatar into Edinburgh and just poof, jumped out to the nearest pub uh, to watch Incham and McGregor ping in a couple of long range efforts with my dad and my my fiance at the time. Great day as well. Yeah. Good goals that day as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure everyone watching, and anyone who listens, if this goes in a podcast format later on, will have their own memories of different games because, you know, that's the great thing about football. It's so subjective for everyone. It's different things are going to have different meanings. You could be going through a tough time in your life. Like there'll be people out there at the moment going through a tough time because of lockdowns and COVID and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. We get this win today. That'll give them pep and the step they need to, you know, get through things and everything. So, 
it's football is a big part of my life. Sports a big part of my life. I know it'll be the same for each of you guys. So yeah, everyone will have their own have their own thing there. So we'd love to see in the comments some of your um. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Some of your favorite memories of what games, anyone watching out there. Also, if you've got any questions or anything you want us to answer about going leading up to the game, put them in the comments and we'll do our best to get to them as well. Yep. I think, Jared, at some point you can uh, cover. There was a question earlier, so it might be good for you to uh, tell the guys about how you started supporting Celtic on VHS with a two-week <laughs> on watching the game. I was that in there because I, yeah. So for me over here, it was, yeah, it would have been back in, I've been born into it, but started going to the supporters clubs back in mid-1990s. So wasn't much fun back then with the with the results <laughs> going our way. But, yeah, we'd, um, we had a few supporters who were over here and they had uh, family back over, in, over in, in Scotland. So what they'd do is they'd record all the games mail them over to us so it'd take a couple of weeks to get it in the mail by the time we get it the games are all like four or five weeks old everyone would get in there for an afternoon you'd sit around you'd have a few drinks you'd whether that's you know getting on cans or having a having a few you know cokes or whatever or soft drinks whichever whatever tickled your fancy depending on your age and yeah just sit around there for a couple of hours watch three or four games in or two games in one sitting come back the next weekend watch two more games that's how it all started off, and then, yeah, it just grew from there. So I remember the the day when Mark Baduka signed for Celtic, and we're all like, "Yes, he's from Melbourne. Great, this is perfect." And then he got on a plane. He was too stressed and came back to Melbourne. And then suddenly, when he announced that he was actually coming back to the back over for training, and he got his visa sorted and everything, and he went down to the Celtic Club in Melbourne, which was where the CSC was based, and yeah, did a little bit of dodgy, missed, missed some school, went in there, thought I got away with it. And then the, the story was on the Channel 7 News that night about Mark Viduka with Celtic shirt on the doorstep. And if you look, three people back, top right corner, there was me. Bastard. <laughs> <Blasted. laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that was that was pretty obvious. So, um, yeah, but back in the... Back in the nineties, before the internet was a, a proper thing, it was um, it was tough over here. Like we had the ways we got our games were first you get them on the VHS sent over. Then what you'd have is there was a newspaper that came out weekly called British Football Week, and this was when I first got a job at like fourteen years old. Started working at the local McDonald's. You get your pay on a. On a, on a Tuesday or whatever it was, go to the post office on a Wednesday, pick up your British football week, and that was my that was my bible for Scottish football because there was no games out here. Occasionally we'd have on SBS, we'd have the over here you'd you'd have the old firm when they were alive, and those games were getting shown. But other than that, it was yeah, it was really hard to watch the games back in the day. But yeah, internet, getting the scores online, and then suddenly you look at. Celtic TV comes in and streaming and that it's the last seven, eight years or whatever it is over here has just become absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how we all do it. And I think there was another question as well while I'm going on a rant here. Has the growth of streaming ended the social scene for Celtic fans in Oz so you don't watch up anymore? So Macaroon sent that through. No, it hasn't stopped it. Um. When what slowed it down the last few years is being in the Europa League. So when we were in Champions League and we were playing games on a Saturday in the league and then Wednesday midweek, the CSCs would all be out packed to the rafters. Not always. Like there was a Motherwell game I went to at the Melbourne one where there was only 50 people there. But then two weeks later we're playing Rangers and 
there's 200 people with a waiting list and it's packed. So there's still that scene where people get together. One of the other supporters clubs here in Melbourne, they have a monthly catch-up first Friday every month. They'll catch up, have a few drinks, have a bit of a sing-song, whatever, and, well, they were before lockdown happened. But, yeah, it hasn't really dropped off, but it has made it a lot easier to get the games out here because you don't have to wait for just our Foxtel pay TV. you mm-hmm. got, got Celtic TV. There's lots of different ways you can watch games at the pub or with your friends. Yeah, and WA, our supporters club, has over 400 members, and I'd reckon there's thousands on the Facebook. Uh, I think if you counted our supporters club as a Scottish football ground this year, we would have the record high attendance for a single wow. game. Yeah. Because, you know, That's otherwise brilliant. it's Ross County with 300, isn't it? But we, mm. we're always packed for uh, the Sevco games and cup finals and stuff. Let's let's be honest here, Sean. Though, if the Perth CSC group, if they all went to a stadium to watch a local game together, you'd have more people at that than you'd have at some St Mirren games and Hamilton games. Easy, for sure. Yeah, and when Celtic came over, we had oh, it was twenty five thousand or something went to. I can't remember the actual number. Yeah. So there was a couple of games in that back in the day, but yeah, we had game down here in Melbourne, and there was. Yeah, like thirty odd thousand at that game as well. And then, I was there. But on your Definitely. journey, yep, flew down from Brisbane. I've told you boys this story before, but I was there with my older brother sitting in the corner. Bruni was standing up in front, having a bit of a stretch, getting ready to come on. This chick, like three over, goes, "Sit down, you're blocking the game." I've turned. <laughs> I was going. That's. I was going. Pipe down. He's worth more than the the whole of the victory team who they were playing against over here. Turns out the girl who yelled that, she was at the game with my now wife. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, meant to be. Yep. Yeah. So we've got that there. You got. You got anything, John? You want to bring up before we jump into the um. We normally play on our weekly podcast, uh, Would You Rather game, at the end of it. So unless we'll get Sean to run that. But unless you've got anything else you want to bring up first, John? Um, <laughs> it might kill me for saying this, but the most vivid memory I have um, of uh, that Celtic and uh, Melbourne victory game was, um, again, <laughs> my old man, um, he's got this uncanny ability of just uh, expelling snotter from his face at any given moment uh, on any day. And and for whatever reason, you know how like at victories round, all the seats are quite close together. You know what I mean? And you sort of knees up against someone. And he's just sneezed. The biggest sneeze I've probably ever heard of any man ever doing. And, you know, he's he's, he's definitely felt snot come out, but he has no idea where it's come from. And then he's realized, ah, Christ, that's hit the back of the guy's head in front of me. And this guy just puts his hand through his hair, looks at <laughs> looks at his snotty hand, turns out it's my dad, and my dad just goes, Melbourne flu. <laughs> didn't apologise. Guy didn't do anything. He turned around and just got with his day. So, yeah, that was my vivid moment, <laughs> memory of that game. <laughs> I could tell you wanted to say something because you were just, like, laughing while yeah. I was talking. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's one of the best stories, but, uh, yeah, he hate me for that. <laughs> Uh, you'll hear about that in about half hour's time. For right, right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So our Would You Rather game. So how we'd normally do it is we pick a player or a problem position or number. So when Duffy signed for the club, we said, would you rather Shane Duffy or, and it was a list of players who had previously worn the number four for Celtic. And we went through them and you had Shane Duffy or Efren Juarez. And we went through like that sort of stuff. And then we all picked it. So that's for People who are watching who have never listened to our podcast before, that's so you know what we're talking about on this one. So I'll throw it over to you, Sean. Yeah, uh, just before we get started, just so we don't, in case we run out of time at the end, uh, just give a shout out to Liam, uh, who's not here at the moment. Uh, He asked us to uh, mention if people could give him a read on CelticNowAndForever.com and uh, his Twitter handle is at Liam. Six seven eight three. So Liam normally joins us as well, and uh, Anthony, who's just to say hi to Anthony if he's listening, who's not been on for the last couple of weeks as well. But, uh, Stay so safe, brother. Five of us, uh, but just the three today. 
Okay, uh, so I've got a trivia that I'm going to just drop in before we get started uh, that people can maybe do in the comments while they're following along. So the quick trivia is Celtic have won the Scottish Cup nine times uh, since the year 2000. Name the seven players in the losing team like played that were against Celtic who then went on to play for Celtic since oh. 2000. If we weren't on camera, Sean, I'd get in the notepad out and start writing it, but everyone would put it on the top of my head, so it wouldn't be good for this live stream. Yeah, so I'll let people drop these names in comments, and I'll, I'll do the answers later. Uh, but otherwise, I'm going to go through position by position. Now, I had the idea to do this, we'll pick a formation, and then I thought, no, that's just going to get messy. So what I did was I just divided it into the different positions. And if you do the right number for each position, you're going to end up with about 13 players on the pitch. But instead of getting bogged down in formations, uh, we'll just go with the best player for each position, or two, if it's centre. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, go. sorry, just to be clear, this is a would-you-rather from the last four treble-winning teams and today's team. Mm-hmm. So that's five teams to choose from. Does that make sense? So I've deliberately omitted the, the Lisbon Lions because that's not fair. So it's only from 2000, so it's 2001, 2017, 2018, 2019, and the current squad. Okay, yep. so in goals, who would you have out of? Uh, Rab Douglas, Jonathan Gould, Craig Gordon, Doris DeVries, Vasilis Barkas, Scott Bain, or Connor Hazard. Note that Fraser Foster did not feature. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go first, John, on these. Um, I struggled with this one um, because uh, obviously Douglas was um, a great keeper, but um, and that was really the, the keeper for when I was young and watching Celtic. But I, I, I would probably say we're talking peak, um, you know, yes. performance. Yeah, contemporaneous with the day that they won the treble. So where the ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe you could argue the same. I, I would, I would go Gordon then for sure. I think. That would be my problem. The scary thing is how bad I bagged him out earlier, yet I have to agree with you, John. Yep. I know. I know. It's weird, isn't it? It's not a lot of it's not a lot of offense. It's funny because that, that cup final is the denouement of the treble, the last game, the, the big one, that's it. You've won the treble, and that is the standard of goalkeepers. Craig Gordon is the cream of the crop. I know. Mental. <laughs> yeah, well. So we all agreed. Yeah. Is this third? It's his third treble if he plays. If yeah. he's in the squad today. Ah, uh, so, uh, yeah, I still would go trophy no matter what. It's a winners or losers no matter what today. Fraser Foster's not had one, and Scott Bain will be on his third. God, mental. No justice. No justice. <laughs> no. Nah. Okay, so we're all saying Craig Gordon. Yeah. Okay, right back was a bit more complicated because. In 2001, we were playing a back three, but I've just made some assumptions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the choice of McNamara, Didier Gatt, Michael Lustig, Christian Gamboa, Jeremy Tolyan, Frimpong, Ayer, or Elhamid. Cool. You, you want Jack? Um, I'll go, yeah. I'll go Jackie Mack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, him as a player, hear him on some other shows and sort of stuff going around on YouTube and that. And for me, he's the guy that if we, as we've discussed on our podcast previously, if we were to ever go with a full-on director of football run on the show, that's the guy I want in that chair. I rate him that highly, not just for his playing ability, coaching ability, but also what he's got going on up here in terms of his knowledge of the game. Rate him that highly. He's my choice. It's a tough call. The gap was brilliant. Lustig was brilliant. But yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, look, um, I think um, for argument's sake, I would also go with uh, Jackie. But um, I, I, I think it's worth mentioning that Pete Lustig was absolutely unbelievable. He was really a, a great servant. His uh, pick was a bee's dick between the two of them. And that's yeah, yeah. Of everyone. For sure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, what are you going yeah. with? Yeah, Manamara. Yeah. Okay, so centre-backs, let's say pick two. Okay, okay. So there's a bit of a, long, a longer list here. So starting in 2001, we've got Johan Mjalbe, Ramon Vega, Yusuf Haran, Alan Stubbs, 
Jozo Sinovic, Tedrick Boyata, Eric Svayachenko, Christopher Iyer, Philip Benkovic, and then today's selections of Julian, Duffy, or Beaton. It's quite a list. It is quite a list. There's some good players there. I'm going to feel bad leaving people out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You go to goalkeepers and it was hard to even pick one. And you go to this position and you're like, there's legit like four or five I could pick. Which is mental because defence for Celtic is not exactly our strongest shoe, is it? No. So there you go. We've had some good players. Um, go this one, John? Yeah, go on. Right. I think um, I think for me, I instantly wanted to put Miyabi in, right? So I, I think that was almost an easy one. So I'm going to put Miyabi in. For me, I think it was uh, between Benkovic uh, and Aya from like recent years. And I think I'm probably going to say Benkovic. Just. Benkovic? He didn't even start. He was on the bench. Uh, but, but, it, are we talking like him overall or in the cup games? Well, in that year, so it's overall. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, So, yeah, exactly. In that year. So, overall, Benkovic, I think, was uh, is probably still a better defender than Aya. Not to say that I is a bad player. I think he's got his moments, though. I mean this in the most loving way, John. You prick. You stole my answer. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, great mind. Uh, I'll go, I'll go Shvetchenko. Always thought we should never have sold him. I was a big fan of him. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, him, right. Benkovic. That's my two. I'm going to be a bit different. I'm going to say Ramon Vega and Chris Julian. Oh, All right. Vega brilliant player and I was gutted we only had him for six months and I, th- I think Chris Julian is a threat at both ends and a, a really great committed defender and I, th- I think a lot of the other names I've mentioned are bomb scares to be honest <laughs> yeah that's very true so defense we'll as well get away from Jozo and Boyata didn't we uh, yeah I couldn't I couldn't br- bring myself to ever pick Boyata after all of that no way the only well, good thing he did was he grew out some awesome dreads towards the end that was about it yeah yeah that was his contribution, Snake. Yep. <laughs> so left back is a shorter list, um, interestingly. So we've got 2001 on the bench, Tom Boyd, the only choice. Then 2017 and 2018 was Kieran Tierney. 2019, the left back was Johnny Hayes because Tierney was injured. Then this year we've got Laxalt or Taylor. So Boyd, Tierney, Hayes, Laxalt, Taylor. Should be easy. Go on, John. It is easy. It's Tierney, obviously. Celtic through and through. That is the boy. He's 100% Tierney every single day. I'd go Tierney, but my only reason is because he was in multiple games in in this list. Otherwise, it would be... Otherwise, it would be... What? Who'd you go with? Tierney. Yeah, Good. Sorry, I spoke over you. That's right. Uh, yeah, Tierney as well. Yeah. Yeah, good. Tom Boyd, but 2001, come on. Yeah. Get the brushes out. He got the sweep. He got the hat trick. It's all done. Yes. Okay. Let's. So I'm going to do the wingers before I come back to the centre mids. Okay, so right mid. Quite, a, again, a brief list. Didier Gatt, Patrick Roberts, 2018, James Forrest, 2019, it was Forrest again, but we also had Karamoko Dembele as an option. And then this year, the choices are Christier Frimpong. So, Agat, Roberts, Forrest, Karamoko, Christie, or Frimpong. I'll go first if you want in thinking time. Sure, yeah, go ahead. As much as I love Forrest, I'll go with um, Paddy Roberts for the simple fact that once he came into the club, it kind of sparked Forrest into actually lifting his game to go on and do the things he's done over the last few years. He was very close to leaving the club before Rogers come in. And I think having that competition actually got him to another level. Yep, I think that's I think that's a yeah, that's that's why it's a difficult decision. Um I have I think really on the balance of it, I think um peak uh Forrest compared to peak Roberts, I'd still say Forrest is probably a bit better. Um, but for sure, Roberts and all of his talent was what kicked uh, Forrest on. So I'm going to say Forrest. Plus, I was saying that because you get the bromance back in the team together because we just went Tierney on the previous position. So had to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Definitely tempting to take two invincible uh, Roberts because he was sensational that year. He was, yeah. 
Forest in 2018, 2019 for me. Player of the year it was. So yeah, yeah. A hard decision okay. though. Both brilliant players. So left mid, uh, we've got a, again a brief list: Alan Thompson, Scott Sinclair, Callum McGregor played left mid in twenty eighteen. Uh, Mikey Johnston was left mid in twenty nineteen, and this year the choices are El Yunusi or Mikey Johnston again. So Alan Thompson, Scott Sinclair of the Invincible season, Callum McGregor, Mikey Johnston, or El Yunusi. Scott Sinclair, that's. That's it. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Of the Invincible season, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Of the Invincible season, it's Scott Sinclair. That was that was just a joy to watch that man in that season. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unplayable. Agreed. Okay, so centre mids. Uh, Brown and McGregor feature a lot here, so I'm not going to read them every time. Okay, so starting in 2001, we've got Lennon, Lambert, then jump to 2017, we've got McGregor, Brown, Beaton. Then the next year, add in in Cham, in Curassi. Then in 2019, there's nobody new. In 2020, the only new name would be uh, Sorrow. So that's Lennon, Lambert, McGregor, Brown, Beaton, in Cham, Curassi, and Sorrow. Two of those. Yeah, I, I know. I, I had to think about this for a while, to be honest. Um, I think I went with what I would love to watch, and that's Brown and Lennon in the middle. <laughs> they have, be- because be no, they'd have no shin bones left if that happened. <laughs> they'll just chew teams up and spit them out. That's that's what I wanted to see, so I'm going to go with them. But, I mean, it's hard to choose. It's good players there. I knew you'd yeah. go that way, so I'm going to throw it out and go with uh, Lambert and Kelmack. Yeah. Oh, oh, he stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> See, that actually, to be honest, I think is probably the better pairing. But. That would balance, but that'll give you more balance in the midfield. Yeah. I'll, the reason I like those two is because they're both attacking midfielders that can play centre mid. Yeah. One, one will hold, one will release in a similar way that I know this is a Celtic related thing, but. A good mate is a crazy Man United fan, and you used to see back in the day, Nicky butted hold Paul Scholes would go forward or vice versa. So mm. it's a sort of setup. Yeah, but wouldn't you just love to see two baldy, absolutely mental cases in the middle of the pitch? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I'll look, it'd be amazing. No, especially John. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're all good. Okay, next up was the number 10 position. So there was uh, not too many names here. So we had Miravchik, Stuart Armstrong, Tom Rogic. They both featured a few times. And then up to now, where the name you would add in is Turnbull. So Mm. Miravchik, Armstrong, Rogic or Turnbull. One from those four, if you need to think about it. I'll just jump in first, just because I'm 100% born and bred Australian. If I don't say Tom Rogic... (laughs) <laughs> I will get disowned, first of all. And second of all, my in-laws will then belt me because here's an Australian of Serb background and my wife's family Serb. So shout out to them. Tom Rogic all the way. That's my political answer. <laughs> you have to say that, though. Yeah, yeah. You lose your citizenship if you don't, right? <laughs> I'm going to say Moravchik. I think that's probably a given, right? That's yeah. the best day. That's actually who I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable for us. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Moravchik. Yeah, I'm tempted to say Rogic because Moravchik only played 20 minutes of that cup final. All right, um, there you go. And yeah. because Rogic has been in the last four, so, you know. And he scored, you know, one of the most, I don't know, in recent times, memorable goals. Go down in yeah. folklore, so, yeah. But if I was looking at it in cup finals in isolation, I would say Rogic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty fair. Spot on. Okay, centre forward. So we'll say we'll pick two from this list, which is prestigious. Okay. Okay, so we've got Henrik Larsson, Chris Sutton, Tommy Johnson, Lee Griffiths, Musa Dembele. Then the next year, those two again. Then Odson Edward in 2019. And this year, we've got Edward and Griffiths again, plus Ayeti and Kamala. So Larsson, Sutton, Tommy Johnson, Griffiths, Dembele, Edward, Ayeti, Kamala. I think this is an easy one, Jared. Pretty obvious. Go on, John. 
I'm going to say Larson. Let's leave no surprise there. Um, and Dembele. I think that would be we would win the Champions League with those two. And, you know. So I'm going to go the dead obvious route there and just say those two. I was going to go the exact same, but yeah. then I realized something I've said on previous podcasts of ours. So it's Larson and then the guy who up until this season, so last season's form, was the best center forward I've seen at Celtic since Larson in Edward. Yeah, it's tough not to stick him in, but yeah. I feel bad leaving out Dembele. Yeah, I think that, Yeah, sorry, go on, Sean. Sorry, I was just going to say I agree with John. I would say Larson and Dembele. I mean, Dembele gives more or gives it gives different stuff than Edward does. Edward would be Edward would be great if um, if he played up with Dembele. I think, or well, he's great anyway. Like that's just a given. But I think he'd be more deadly. He wouldn't have such um, massive um, downward trenches in his form and stuff. But um, yeah, Larson and Dembele, we'd win. We'd win titles with that. Well, Dembele is more the guy you could hit the ball to. He'd hold guys off and play other guys in, which is where him and Edward work well together, or him and Larson. Yeah. In the same way that when Larson was playing under Martin O'Neill, they had the battering ram strikers from the playoff. Yep. It wouldn't have been good to see again, but yeah. Hey, we'll get there. We're running, running out of time. We've got one more position to cover, so just listen right. carefully. Right. Okay, pick one of these who you would prefer to have Kenny Cork, Bobby Madden. Kevin Clancy, <laughs> Willie Collum. <laughs> I'm going to try a sound effect here. I don't know if I'm going to hit the right one. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> uh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any of them could have been pretty good. <laughs> the five referees, the last four plus today's. Oh. Who do you want? Kenny Clark, Bobby Madden, Kevin Clancy, Willie Collum, John Beaton. Hugh Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, Willie Collum is probably yeah. the best of that absolute rotten bunch, but that's that's who I'm picking. <laughs> yeah, I'll, Willie Collum, only for the fact that he reminds me of Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little bit, little, Mr. Bean's little brother, yeah. Exactly. I have to regrettably say, I think Bobby Madden is unfortunately the best of the bunch. Uh, um, okay, so that, I thought that's you were going to rattle off managers for those games, not referees. Yeah. Uh, just a, a wild card at the end there. Yeah. Uh, I'll chuck it back to you then, Jared, just for the last minute, and I'll, I'll post the answers to that trivia in the comments on YouTube. So that yeah, sounds good. So yeah, just everyone want to just quickly say thanks to everyone for tuning in. We've uh, really appreciated being part of this fantastic weekend. Thanks to Paul and the Axon team for getting us involved and letting us dial in for it. It's We really appreciate that. Um, if anyone listening or watching liked our, um, liked our show, keep an eye out. We have weekly podcasts come out, so give us a subscribe on there. And, uh, yeah, hope you all enjoyed it. I'm on the Celtic. Let's get a win and 14-0. That's what it has to be. <laughs> Hello. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.